With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. What is up, everybody? Hello, it's me, Jason McIntyre. I am your host, coming to you live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Really exciting weekend is upon us, huh? We actually have, I'm going to call it pseudo sports, right? The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. We'll do plenty on that. Jeez, I spent most of the week diving into some Michael Jordan stuff and reading a lot about him. I got got some interesting things for you today on the Jordan front. Uh, Obviously, we're now, I think the countdown's at, what, five days to the NFL draft? Goodness gracious. Finally, some excitement on that front. Um, we're getting close. We've got some interesting Wonderlick scores to talk about, depending on what you think of the Wonderlick. I may even reveal my SAT scores, since I guess they're kind of similar. Not really. Um, I don't know how much we're going to do on the coronavirus today, because the curve appears to be flattening, at least where I am. Um, things seem to be on the kind of sort of maybe positive track. Um, and then, of course, yes, I will give you an update on last week's show, Uh, No, we are not taking any more book requests. I got about a million, uh, which is great. And I've been in contact with the publisher because obviously you can't find the book everywhere. So I'll give you an update on that. Uh, Stay patient. But uh, I want to start the show 
uh, with the NFL draft. And I got into like one of those weird online debates. I really vow uh, seemingly every week, hey, man, I'm not going in the gutter. I'm not going to argue with eggs and trolls and haters. They're just trying to bait you. That's what a lot of these guys do. And now it's real bad because during the quarantine, you know, everybody can't go out anywhere. You're sitting at home. A lot of single people, solo and angry, taking it out on social media. I'm not, I don't have time for that. But a couple former NFL players and, you know, TV talking heads disagreed with me on Justin Herbert versus Tua. And so we got into it yesterday, and um, you guys know I've been the Fox Sports mock draft guy. I think I've done eight of them. Number nine comes out this week. Tracking the draft throughout the season. You can watch the permutations of guys rising and falling where I kind of flip the switch on Joe Burrow. And one of the arguments against Justin Tua in in my early mock drafts going to Miami was, well, this guy kind of grew up in the Northwest. Went to high school in Eugene, Oregon. Went to college at the University of Oregon. Basically 22 years living in that Oregon bubble. And I said, you know what? It makes geographic sense for Justin Herbert to go to the Chargers. Once it became evident that Rivers was toast and the Chargers were going to draft the quarterback. But then in the last month, I've had Tua going to the Chargers because I believe Herbert is the guy over Tua. I do believe he is. I if I if I was running the Dolphins right now, I'm taking Justin Herbert over Tua. And you got a lot of pushback. And a guy yesterday said, a former NFL player said, "Listen, man, you can't just expect Herbert to come out of his little bubble in Oregon and thrive on the other side of the country." And it, it reminded me of my situation because it was similar to that coming out of college. And I'm going to start this off by saying I was a bit of a mommy's boy, okay? And I don't know if Justin Herbert is. Nobody can possibly know that. Probably not even Justin Herbert. Maybe his mom would know. Usually the mom knows. You guys know that, right? The parents usually know. The, The kid, he's 22. He probably doesn't know. So I'm coming out of college, and I applied for newspaper jobs all over the country. Of course, I want to go to the big city because I want to, you know, be a young playboy and live in the city and have fun. I want to go to a big city. I don't want to go to a small town and start off, start off post-college. And before I graduate, I get two job offers, and they're like, hey, we, we want you so bad, we're going to fly you out. Come visit us. And one of them, I'll never forget the town. It was called Bay City, Michigan. I don't know if a lot of people you know Bay City, Michigan. But I fly out there, and then from the airport, I I feel like it was like a 45-minute drive, maybe an hour. It was like raining that day and dreary, and I'm like, man, this is not what I thought I'd be coming out of college into. This is a small town. How, how am I going to live here? How am I going to, obviously, number one on my mind, how am I going to meet girls? Uh, what am I going to cover? Like, I, what's the upside here? And then I went to another small town in Kentucky. Kentucky, not Lexington. Like 45 minutes outside Lexington. Now, this was a nicer drive on the highway, but you can see, like, all these cows and horses. And that wasn't totally foreign to me being from Virginia driving to college and stuff. But then I get to the town, and it's like, holy cow, this is where I could possibly live? And I realized there was some culture shock. I would be 8 to 10 driving hours away from where I grew up, any friends, any family, 
And that was just too much for me. I went back to college. I said, "Uh uh-uh. I started applying for internships for the summer. Now, it all worked out for me. I, I actually had lost credits when I transferred from Virginia Tech to JMU. So I didn't graduate. I had to spend another year in college, which was perfect. Technically, it was a semester, but I made it a year. And I applied for internships, and I got one in North Carolina, some bigger cities. I had a buddy who was living in Chapel Hill. I was in Greensboro for the summer, and it was easy for me to hang out with a friend, right? And then I was in, like, a pretty metropolis college town. Chapel Hill, Durham, Raleigh, all right there every weekend. I was on the scene, if you will. Now, again, maybe you could say, Jason, your priorities were out of whack. Hey, it worked out for me. But that was my mindset. And I'm trying to think, like, it basically took me over 20 years to make a move like Justin Herbert's going to do. After that internship, I got lucky and got a job right outside New York City. I had friends in the city. I had family in Jersey. So, like, that was not a brutal transition. 20 years later, FS1 comes calling, and I'm ready to go across the country, literally, Pennsylvania to California. But I had the wife, and I had the two kids. Now, I didn't have really family out here. knew a couple people, but nobody I was tight with. And it was like, oh, this isn't that bad. But again, that's 20 years after the fact. Can Justin Herbert handle that kind of move? And it's a legitimate question. My pushback would be, I think there's more questions and concerns with Tua, his injury history. This Wonderlick score, which Gavin was, uh, you know, talking about before the show. And I'm like, I think Lamar Jackson got a 13. Tua also got a 13. Justin Herbert got like double that. I think he got a 27. We're going to go through all the scores shortly. Again, Wonderlick is not end all be all. But I just wanted to bring it up. Because I can understand the concerns for Miami. And there's no way the Dolphins can know this. You can give them everything. You can give them a support system. You can say, hey, bring your parents. Let them live down here with you to hang with you. Bring your girlfriend. I don't know if Justin Herbert has a girlfriend. There's so many questions we're not going to know. And listen, we talk about this a lot. The inexact science of the NFL draft. There's no easy answer here. Can Justin Herbert handle the move across the country? Can Tua handle the injury history? Are you rolling the dice with Tua? I have a team I like for Tua we'll talk about later in the show. But I want to quickly pivot to something we do know. That Michael Jordan's last dance is going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. I am very excited, right? There's no competition on television. If you take out Netflix, there's no baseball. There's no NBA playoffs. There's no hockey. There's no college football spring practice. Sunday night, it's Michael Jordan and a captive audience. I'm personally, I'm lucky to be out here in LA because my kids will be able to watch this with me. And I told the wife already, hey, let's push up dinner on Sunday. No family game night. We can do it during the day. We need to watch this Michael Jordan thing together. Um, and I do want to remind you guys, Jordan came of age in the 80s, and he could not win anything. He couldn't. He could win scoring titles. That's it. He couldn't get by the Celtics. He couldn't get by the Pistons. The Lakers were definitely the class of the league, and people forget this. I'm in that lucky group where I got to see Jordan struggle, then his prime, and now I can see LeBron. But a lot of people can't separate 
what Jordan did in the 80s from what he did in the 90s. Because, folks, we have forgotten through history Michael Jordan couldn't win anything in the 80s. He was a loser. Michael Jordan's first 10 playoff games, he was 1-9. and 1-9! He could not win playoff games. You say, well, Jason, he didn't have a supporting cast. I- I'm aware of that. Nobody can win by themselves. Took Michael Jordan six or seven years to break through. And the crowd now, oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest winner of all time. Yeah, eventually. Magic Johnson came into the league and won. Title, first year, rookie of the year, Magic Johnson. Kareem missed, I think it was game six against Philly. Magic had 42 points, but played center. People have forgotten, and that's... That's my big issue with this Michael Jordan stuff coming out. Yes, he is the greatest player in NBA history. For now. Is that going to last? I don't know. But I can tell you this. The way I sum up the Jordan-LeBron debate, because that's all you're going to get, folks, anywhere. Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday. Then it will probably subside before the NFL draft. But I can tell you this. Michael Jordan, unequivocally the greatest competitor in NBA history. But there is no doubt, I mean, no doubt at all to me, that LeBron James is the greater talent. And that's not a knock on Michael Jordan at all. I got plenty of guys I'm friends with at this network who will say that's a knock on Jordan. It's not. You guys got to remember, I grew up not wanting to follow the herd. And I try endlessly on this show... Don't follow the crowd. There's there's no value there. And I was always a Magic Johnson guy. First basketball game I went to as a kid with my dad, Lakers-Knicks in New York. Instantly fell in love with Magic Johnson and the Lakers and, of course, the Knicks because I was born in New York. Second game I went to, very fortunate, my dad had didn't do a lot of business trips, but he had one in California, and we came out for an entire week. The whole family, my first time in California. Um. We got to, lucky enough, go to a Lakers game. Lakers-Knicks. And again, I don't think I grew up with some silver spoon in my mouth. We were firmly in the middle class. This was strictly my one trip to California. I didn't come again until I graduated high school, like 18. And I saw Lakers-Knicks. And those were my teams. And of course, yes, Michael Jordan never let the Knicks get by him. Never. Until he had to go play baseball. and. Eventually, Michael dethroned Magic and took over the title as, you know, the GOAT. And again, people forget this. 1987, GOAT was probably Jabbar, right? I mean, that was when he was, I think he's won his fifth or sixth title. Maybe 88 was his sixth. Then the GOAT was basically, it was like, oh, it's Russell or Magic or Jabbar. I mean, Magic won five championships. Five! Michael Jordan was not in the GOAT discussion in 89. Not in no, come on, the guy could barely win playoff series. The struggle before the success for Michael Jordan was real, folks. And I never really got a taste of the LeBron versus Jordan stuff. It took, again, LeBron at 22 took the Cavs to the finals with the worst supporting cast ever. Michael Jordan had no supporting cast, couldn't get out of the first round. That's why I say LeBron's the better talent than Jordan. Jordan willed himself to greatness. But the first taste I got of this whole LeBron versus Jordan stuff, and I can hear you guys yelling at your radio in anger, dude, you're missing it. Jason, no, you're wrong. 
2016, I had got to FS1 in June of 2016. December 2016, I have this idea. I'm like, let's do a LeBron versus Jordan thing. It's almost LeBron's birthday. He's turning 32. And guys, this is going to be fact-based. Look at the numbers through age 32. LeBron had accomplished more than Michael Jordan. It's undeniable. It's fact-based. Through age 32, Jordan was better at this, that, and the other. Now, you'll say, whoa, whoa, baseball stuff, and Jordan went to college. Yeah, sure. But it's still a fact. Through the age of 32, LeBron had accomplished more than Michael Jordan. Folks, the video got 8.2 million views on Facebook. To this day, I get messages on Facebook, and I don't check them a lot. Man, Jordan was better than LeBron. Or people will just write back, 6-0 in the finals. That's it. That's all they'll write. And I, you know, I try not to get back and argue. And, and I'm telling you, folks, this is the one thing I want to end the first segment here on. If you're just saying Jordan was 6-0 in the finals, that's great. But Bill Russell won 11 titles. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won six. John Havlicek won eight. We could do this all day. There's guys with more rings than Jordan. So if you're just going to play the rings game, you lose. It's about more than that. Right now, Jordan's a GOAT, but LeBron's coming. And coming a lot sooner than you want to believe. Do, do you actually think LeBron will win another championship? In, like, he can't catch Jordan. He he's won't not catch ca- him with six. No. Yeah. I don't so think he what, has what to. can LeBron do? Because he's going to beat him statistically, but we all understand the reason for that. I mean, LeBron entered the league out of high school. Jordan was the third pick yeah. in the draft. A lot of people don't UNC even remember that. Three years. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what can LeBron do? To, because I'm actually surprised you, you think that. You yeah, think I, I don't over. think it's all about titles, and we'll talk about it here in the next okay. break. It's about it's about more than titles. Well, yeah, uh, yeah it's about I'm the not... competition face. Um, Remember, guys, and again, I don't want to go too too long here. Jordan could not get by the Celtics. Great team, no doubt about it. Celtics a great team on par with the Spurs. Spurs dynasty. Probably the Celtics a little better. Um, Jordan could not get by the Pistons for five, six years. Here's the only thing I'll say on why I could never put LeBron over Jordan. Never! Oh, Gavin, if you Because LeBron... Michael Jordan never took a day off. What LeBron nah. did last year, pretty much showing up with wine to games, just <laughs> shipping out the whole team, didn't care at all about the season. That never would have happened. That's not the greatest player of all time. I'm sorry. No, that's that's fair. That's a good uh, – listen, that's fair. Michael Jordan had his other peccadillos. He liked gambling, which we'll talk about. But coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, why, why do I think LeBron will pass Jordan? Why do I think LeBron's more talented than Michael Jordan? Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be a fun show. Back after this, the Jason McIntyre Show, Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre. I should have teased this earlier. We will, we got a great guest lineup again today. We will be talking to one of Jordan's teammates in the 90s on the show later. I'm sure he's going to wax poetic about how the greatness of Jordan and three-peat and blah, blah, blah. It's amazing. No doubt about it. It's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to poo-poo Michael Jordan's accomplishments. Um, well, that should be fun. Uh, get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. So when I say Jordan was the greatest competitor, it's stories like this. They did. I, I love this stuff. I, I consider myself a competitor, probably a little too much. Um, if I'm playing video games and I lose, I get upset. And I feel like, I don't know if anybody else plays 2K on Xbox. So we have an Xbox now, and we've been playing 2K. We just got FIFA. And, you know, instantly, I, I've played video games in my life, not recently, really. And I get to the Hall of Fame level, and I'm I'm like, you know, all-time Lakers or the 2010 All-Stars or whatever, you know, or 2010 Team of the Decade or whatever. And I steamroll people. But I can't beat the damn Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the current Bucks, for whatever reason, 2K made Giannis the best player in the game. I, have you? I don't know if you guys have played it. Giannis is unstoppable in the game, and I feel like the computer cheats. I'll be winning, and then they start raining threes, and then they—it uh, just feels like chicanery, and I'm getting jobbed a lot. So my son has witnessed some of my mini meltdowns losing video games to the computer. My wife is embarrassed for me, and you know, I've let a couple expletives fly. My son last night before bed is beating the Clippers. Clippers, by the way, are really good in 2K. My son's beating the Clippers by 11. He's giving me like 
every other possession, he's giving me an update. Oh, Dad, they can't stop Moses Malone. He's the 80s All-Stars. Jordan, Bird, Moses Malone. And he's winning by 11, and then he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm only winning by seven. And I can sense it. I know what's going to happen. Dad, I'm only winning by three. I'm like, Bryce, remember, shoe clock. Then find their weakest player and attack him. Get the switch, Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. And my son just starts melting down. So I'm like, all right, time to go in the shower. He loses by like five. And he's like, he's, I'm not calling him out. He's crying. Okay, he's nine years old. Dad, this is so unfair. Why do they do this? And I'm like, Bryce, you just got to control yourself. He's like, Dad, I just, I want to say the F word. I'm like, Bryce, come on. You It's a video game. He's like, Dad, I've heard you say some bad words when you lost. And at that point, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, listen, I lose it. I'm too much of a competitor. Whether it's tennis, ping pong, video games, I'm competitive. Michael Jordan is the ultimate competitor. Levels that I cannot fathom. As somebody who has seen The Last Dance told me that there's a scene where Horace Grant was so bad, or maybe there's not a scene, but there's a story about how Horace Grant was so bad against the Pistons when they couldn't get by the Pistons. On the team flight, Michael Jordan takes Horace Grant's dinner and says, you were so bad tonight, you're not eating. You don't deserve dinner in front of the whole team. Wouldn't let him eat his dinner. And then this is this is one of my favorite Jordan stories. Uh, so the Dream Team, which, by the way, Michael Jordan kept Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team, dating back to their feud at an All-Star game like six years earlier. The the all uh, the Dream Team coach, by the way, was Chuck Daly, who won titles with Isaiah in Detroit. Jordan would not let Isaiah Thomas be on the Dream Team because he is that much of a you-know-what. So they're playing ping pong at the Dream Team in Barcelona. And, of course, Jordan's dominating everybody. But for some reason, Christian Leitner of Duke is gets to the finals. Christian Leitner was, I think, the only college kid on the Dream Team. And they're betting on ping pong at in Barcelona for the Olympics. So as the story goes, Michael Jordan is legendary, legendarily competitive. He's sweating. He's like deep into this game against Christian Leitner, and Christian Leitner beats Michael Jordan in ping pong. Jordan, as legend has it, throws his paddle, he's so angry, stops talking to his teammates because they witnessed Leitner beat Jordan. Didn't talk to any of his teammates for two days. What does Michael Jordan do? He has a ping pong table sent, delivered to his room after he lost to Christian Leitner. Michael Jordan practices. I don't know against who. Maybe it was against a wall. I don't know. Michael Jordan practices ping pong in his room for two days. Demands a rematch against Leitner and crushes him. Loses in ping pong. Embarrassed. Goes hard to work for two days. Demands a rematch and destroys. Eviscerates Leitner. That's the kind of competitor Michael Jordan. He doesn't want to lose to you in ping pong. I respect that. I love that. I still think LeBron's more talented. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, So COVID-19 has decimated the economy. Jobs have been lost. Dude, one of our good friends. You guys know I talk about my son's uh, basketball team. Good friends. 
one of the parents on the basketball team lost their job. Then the other one lost their job. Both parents lost their jobs. Good friends of ours. Now, I haven't talked to them about it. I'm not going to say their name. But, like, that's scary. Now, COVID-19 is doing that across the country. Obviously, we hope you're safe and doing well. And if you're not, hey, we're all going to get through this together. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the sports world specifically from Major League Baseball. I've heard some chatter that baseball is not going to have a season. That scares me. NBA, NFL, how is everybody handling this? We'll talk about that next with a sports business analyst. But first, here's what's trending in sports with Isaac Lowenthal. Morning, Jason. Ian Rappaport reporting this morning that the Baltimore Ravens have agreed to a one-year deal with free agent linebacker Jake Ryan pending a physical. He spent last season with the Jaguars, but before that started 27 games over the previous three campaigns with the Green Bay Packers. On Friday, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver holding a conference call with reporters and saying about the potential resumption of the season, quote, we are not in a position to make any decisions and it's unclear when we will be. I think there is still too much uncertainty at this point to say precisely how we move forward, unquote. The WNBA held its draft on Friday night, and to the surprise of absolutely no one, the number one overall pick by the New York Liberty was generational superstar Sabrina Ionescu of the Oregon Ducks. I'm just excited for the opportunity. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this for a couple of days, but I'm just excited to get out there and start working and uh, get, get to know my team, get to know the coaching staff, and really just get to work. Baseball Bob Nightingale of USA Today reporting that the Giants, Phillies, and Braves have each told their full-time employees they all will be paid through May 31st, with most teams expected to follow. And finally, in college baseball, legendary former Arizona State head coach Bobby Winkles passed away Friday at the age of 90. Winkles won three College World Series national championships with Arizona State. All in the 60s, he coached players like Rick Monday, Sal Bando, and Reggie Jackson. And by the way, during those days when Sal Bando and Reggie Jackson were playing for Arizona State and they were winning those national championships, the Arizona State announcer for the student radio station, you might have heard of him, a guy by the name of Al Michaels. Jason, back to you. Al Michaels. Good guy. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, back here on Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest, uh, he is a sports business analyst Fox Moneyball, The Cost of Winning is his book. Rick Haro joining the show. Rick, uh, good morning. How are you? Hey, it's been a while. We've talked before. Uh, I, I wish it was better circumstances, but you know what? There are silver linings in every cloud, even though the number that I just found, by the way, without you, this your show, but $10 billion in sponsorships lost and 20000 canceled or postponed and 120000 sponsorship agreements. That's a lot around the world, uh, yeah. <laughs> even for us, man. So uh, it just... It means lawyers, business guys, and people that know a little bit more about sports, uh, we're front and center. So, uh, good morning. Yeah, Rick. So, <laughs> we're talking about opening the country again May 1. That doesn't mean that we're going to get sports back anytime soon. What are you hearing in regards to when baseball will 
uh, resume or start its season and the NBA playoffs? What's the latest you're hearing on well, both those two? Well, both those two are kind of the similar answer with hockey as well and maybe even soccer, which is each one of the leagues has convened its own private kitchen cabinet of owners and folks to look at 400,000 scenarios of health, of scheduling, of television. Obviously, the networks that are involved in each one of those sports have a substantial input. You know, Fox does in baseball, obviously, TNT and NBA and ESPN and NBA, and on and on. But the final decision has to be resting with the leagues and teams, with the governors involved as well. So you can't have a schedule where some cities are open and some are not, or some allow fans and some are not. So hence the variable. The only issue on that, though, is that you can't have a schedule that may change in midstream, but you also want to have as much as you can for television. And you also realize, based on my own private laboratory, that if I see the sixth rerun of Jed finding oil and moving to <laughs> L.A. with the Beverly Hillbillies, I'm going to go shoot myself, right? So everybody, <laughs> you need live TV. You also need it to bet on. And so how quickly they come back, to answer your question specifically, my guess is golf comes back first with what they've already talked about, Certainly. maybe the Colonial in mid-June, and then probably the NBA and NHL will find some ways to do fanless playoffs Baseball will figure out cactus, grapefruit, or one of those scenarios. And maybe football gets lucky, but ask me next week or next month. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody wants to know football because, you know, listen, Rick, we know how uh, important football is to the economy. I have said on this show, I've said to my wife, uh, friends, even family members, I'm like, listen, uh, we need football badly. If there's no football season, I think there will be one. But if there's no NFL season, just forget about everything because – uh, the economy will be officially in a depression if there is no football. And I'm not just saying because it's games and fantasy and gambling, but so many people employed through that, the advertising, uh, all the major sports networks. People underestimate, Rick, the power of football. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, they underestimate the power of football as a social uh, consequence as well, not only, as you said, economically. You hit the nail on the head, but there are a lot of other moving parts with football. You have the governor of California and the mayor of L.A. basically saying, hey, no spectator events, large ones, until 2021. We haven't even talked about, for example, SoFi Stadium, which is a beautiful facility that was going to open on June 20, July 23rd with a Taylor Swift concert. I'm going to sit there and get in the middle of that stadium and see if I can hear the ghost of Taylor Swift because it ain't happening for a while. And then they got the same thing in New York. But here's the other issue, which I think is really important. Morning Consult had a poll recently, this last week, that I found that said 22% of the fans surveyed, these are sports fans, saying that they may need until at least next year to feel comfortable about going to a stadium, and 35% say they may need it at least until October. So it's not just the owners, it's not just the leagues, it's not just TV, it's not just the governors or the mayors, but it's the fans themselves and the uh, president. Let's not get into all that, but he calls this a beautiful puzzle. I call it a complicated puzzle. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Rick Haro, sports business analyst. Yeah, Rick, uh, listen, we're not going to weep for billionaires, frankly. I don't care about them. They will survive. Uh, I care more about the you know, the fans on the ground, um, young people, uh, people who are employed and aren't going to get their jobs. But I do want to ask this about the owners. And we talked a little bit about it last week with, uh, with Brian Winhorst. There are going to be owners out of this 
whose businesses have been decimated and they might be looking to unload their teams. Uh, we know there's a few in uh, the NBA that's been chronicled. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Do you think we'll see many MLB owners or NFL owners looking to get out from their business and sell? So here's the deal, and this is stock advice uh, with an analogy, and I hate this because you know I'm a lawyer. I can't give advice that, that's worth anything. So, But here it is. If you have a distressed property, let's say, the last thing in the world you want to do is to get rid of it at a time where everybody knows you've got a distressed mm-hmm. property. And so if I'm looking at the stock analogy, and that's all, you know, hold it and wait for things to come back, and if I can do it, I try very hard to do the same thing with my sports franchises, especially, let's talk about baseball. So we don't know what's going to happen this year. We have some revenue issues, right? Everybody does. But we also know in 2022 the revenues are going to double because of television, and that's effectively guaranteed. So if I can figure out how to hold on, I'm going to be a lot stronger because I do believe that we're all coming back, and we're coming back with the vengeance. And one of the reasons is not because I listen to the president. It's because I turned the dial, and other than Tiger winning last week, oh, that was a year ago, too. All right, so other than turning the dial, the point is uh, there's no live TV. And so when it comes back, it is an absolutely insatiable appetite, and that's going to drive the values back up. And if I'm an owner, which I'm only a couple or $3 billion away from being capable of doing it, I hold it. I hold it. All right, we're talking with Rick Haro, uh, sports business analyst. Follow him on Twitter at Rick, H-O-R-R-O-W. All right, Rick, uh, I'll get you out of here with this one. College basketball, um, no NCAA tournament, brutal for college sports. We all know that football and college basketball, specifically March Madness, fund all other college sports. I mean, Rick, I'm worried about the women's soccer, the field hockey, badminton, all those teams. They, If there's no college football season this fall, we're looking at a massive upheaval in college sports. Can you even speak a little bit? to what on earth we could see here in college sports over the next few years. Yeah, and I don't want to be prophet of doom because we've all heard every bit of negative about all of this. But the one thing that if I'm worried, as you are, not just about, you know, women's field hockey, how about, you know, men's golf, how about swimming, how about some of those other non-football and basketball sports, how about D2, D3, how about NAIA, how about all of the other college uh, and junior college programs that depend on football and basketball for their lifeblood. We know that the NCAA March Madness was supposed to distribute anywhere from 600 to $800 million yeah. from this tournament. They distribute $227 million. Even I know that's not enough. And so you also can't make it up by increasing student fees because that's not fair either. And some schools are not even coming back this next year. Yeah. Not news to students. But so it is an issue. And the question is, how do you make it up? Well, these are small businesses, and just like anything else, they'll get through it. That's not the right answer, but as we move forward over the next few weeks, we ought to take a look at some of the ways recovery is going to work, because we all know it's negative. I think the real key is how we learn from this and maximize recovery, because it is going to happen. And nobody covers sports business better. Rick Haro, everybody, follow him on Twitter at Rick Haro. Rick, hey, thanks for the time, and uh, definitely stay safe out there. All right, hopefully uh, we'll do this again, man. All right, Rick, thanks a lot. All right, bye. See you. Uh, Really interesting stuff. I like that phrase, prophet of doom. I think I may steal that. Hopefully Rick will not mind. I I like the phrase, prophet of doom. And listen, we're going to do more on college sports later. Uh, There's even other college basketball news that's very bad. Uh, But coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, a running back got a 
quotes, $64 million contract, and everybody freaked out. Relax, everybody. It's not that big a deal. Back after this. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. I don't know if you guys are noticing. Gavin, I you and Chris may be noticing this. Um, grocery store are, Grocery stores are not as packed here as they were. There's not like a concern for running low on food. Remember those first couple weeks? It was oh, like, yeah. Shucks. Well, I think part of that is, at least I know the grocery store near where I am, is because of the 50, you know, because of the limits on gatherings, they're only allowing like 50 people in at a time. So I'm still waiting in line. Oh, you are? And they've got like head counts outside. Well, it's like I try to go early, and then my place also does like an hour early for seniors, seniors yeah. too. So like well, by the time I line up, which is early in the morning, I'm not there long, but I still have to wait for them to kind of reshuffle well, what's the a few wait? people. Two minutes, five, 20? Like about 15 to 20 really? minutes. Really? Yeah. See, now, I haven't waited in a line outside. My wife has rolled up and said, there's a line, I'm not waiting. Because if you go to the, some of the more crowded grocery stores, like you've got a chance of getting it there as opposed to just going. Well, that's what's funny is they, they don't want the crowd in the store, but they'll allow a line yeah. of 100. Like So it does depend on where you're going. And to. again, I know this show and is that was like a couple all over the country. Too. Yeah, but are you seeing it this week? That's what I'm saying. I haven't been back in two weeks. I, I make sure my grocery. Your grocery sh- runs last you two weeks? Yeah, well, the good thing is, is I got enough. Uh, meat in the freezer for, for uh, from a while back. I bought a uh, giant pack, and I, I I've been honestly eating a little less meat, so I've been kind of going through my pastas a little slower and everything. Inter- and you're also I'm, just cooking for one. Yeah, I'm yeah. cooking for one, and I am getting some stuff brought in every now and then too. Mm. So. We're doing a lot of delivery uh, groceries. Uh, Whole oh, Foods Instacart? is really good at that. What well, we're doing, so we Amazon. have HelloFresh delivering. That, that that's prepare. You know, you you prepare it yourself. Um, but also Whole Foods, yeah, they you can order your groceries and they'll they'll deliver it. Or uh, there's one that was a great pickup location, so you drive there and the woman's already waiting with the cart of your bags. Wow. Uh, so it's already paid for, and you never we never even had to go in. Yeah, that's they just sweet. came curbside pickup kind of thing. Now, and all this is through Amazon, right? That was yeah. I mean, Amazon Whole Foods, right. and 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 that you know that's a whole other discussion. But like, we've noticed. Like everything we're doing is through Amazon, actually, and it's like oh, they're making richest guy in the world, Jeff Bezos is (laughs) getting going to be rich, and it's just like oh. Anyways, uh, all right. So Christian McCaffrey, of course, and we've talked about him on this show, you know, and not paying running backs. He got a sixty-four million dollar deal this week, and and I like to say on this show, context is everything. Instantly, well, they're idiots. You can't pay a running back $64 million. I said, wait, could we wait? That's $64 million is funny money, and it's annoying that the NFL reporters do this, but I get it. Agents want the splashy headlines. They got a running back, the richest deal in running back history, okay? That's why this news comes out with the funny money. It's good for Christian McCaffrey. It's good for his family. It makes a great clipping. You frame it. You put it on the wall. Highest running back salary ever. And guess what? It's a great marketing tool for agents who are looking to get the next great college player. Oh, look what I got, McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, this is what I got this guy. Highest, highest, best, best, blah, blah, blah. 
But then a few days later, the real money comes out. Christian McCaffrey didn't get $64 million. He got about $30 million guaranteed. And with incentives, it'll probably be $38 million for sure. That's still a lot of money. But it's not $64 million. It's essentially a two-year deal. So all these people freaking out, well, you shouldn't pay a running back, it's going to cripple them. It ain't doing anything to the Panthers. I mean, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. Well, then the argument is, and I, I, Charlotte radio stations want to have me on because I'm advocating this deal. McCaffrey is not your average running back. He ain't Derrick Henry. He's not taking a pounding in the middle of the line for 20, 30 carries a game. He's getting a lot of touches, but all, not all touches are created equal. You get the ball to McCaffrey in the flat for six yards, he's maybe getting tackled in bounds, or maybe he's bouncing out of bounds. He's not taking the hits Derrick Henry is. He's not a between-the-tackles guy like Melvin Gordon. I thought the McCaffrey deal was fine. It really depends what the deal is for running backs. So next time you see this person got the biggest ever, just take a deep breath and say, oh, that's right, Jason said to just chill, wait three days, let's see what the real money is. All right, coming up next here, and beyond. That's one hour in the books. It goes too quick. Uh, Finally, you can actually gamble on something, the NFL draft. So I put out bets for Fox Sports. We're bringing on our gambling guy next to talk about the NFL draft. Stay safe! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hour number two here on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. So you guys know during the football season, we do gambling segments every week. Love it. I like to think we were early on the gambling stuff. It's this four years of this show, and I think we've been doing gambling since the jump. Now gambling, a big, big deal. So the guy we'd love to bring in to talk about it, because he has had some good runs uh, in the Super Contest. We do futures bets with him. And uh, we used to do NCAA tournament. That's toast. Uh, it's a little sad time in sports. But you can gamble on the NFL draft. Joining us now, my man, Cleve T.A. Tarek, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, Jason? How you been? Uh, I'm all right. You know, we're quarantined out here in L.A. How is, uh, how's Ohio for you? You know, Ohio's actually been uh, one of the better states in terms of responding to the pandemic. Our governor did a really nice job. He was, uh, I think the MAC tournament, which is here in Cleveland, was the second tournament that was canceled. So he was on top of things pretty early. So the pandemic hasn't, um, you know, hasn't exploded as badly as it has in some other states, you know, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we, we're kind of surviving here and got a pregnant wife who I'm taking care of. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, Congratulations. So it's kind of inter- Oof, that's a th- tough one. Th- thank you. So we got some interesting times ahead of us, but hopefully the hospitals will be a little bit more cleared up by the time she gives birth, but just kind of kind of hanging around and trying to find stuff to do. Yeah, all right. Well, you, I know you're gambling on the NFL draft. Now, when we talked, you fired early this week, as did I. A lot has changed. Lines are moving. Now, the limits, T.A., explain to the casual listener out there who likes to gamble, wants to gamble, but just doesn't gamble a lot. Limits are very low for the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, compared to if you're, if you're betting on you know, NFL games or you know, even NBA or baseball, you know, where you can get down a much higher amount on some of these websites um, for stuff like the NFL draft, you know, the limits are just, you know, might be 100 on one side, 250 on another, maybe 500 tops on another. So, you know, it's limited just because this is more of a, you know, if you've got inside info, you can really make a <laughs> killing if, if there was no cap, right? I mean, it's, it's and this is an info-based, um, I guess, proposition. It's not a game where the outcome is undetermined. So I think because of that, uh, that's why they lower the limits. And uh, But it's still fun. It's still, you know, it's, you know it's, it's still meaningful to some people and, um, it's fun to kind of diversify and, and put a put a you know a few bucks on a, on a bunch of different ones and, and see what hits. Yeah. So, uh, do you have one that you love above all? Uh, one that jumps out that maybe is still actionable for the uh, for the audience out there. Yeah. You know, we uh, so I, I tweeted out a handful of days ago. I think it was maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. This is before all of the Tua talk was coming out. I, I had a Tua as the third QB. Um, it was at plus 340 on one of the sites I had, and I put it out there on Twitter, and within, I don't know who's following me, but within 15, 20 minutes, that was down to like 250. <laughs> and then um, now it's down to like 140 just because it's been, 
you know, out there in the mainstream media that, uh, you know, he's, he's off the boards on a couple of the teams in the top 10 Mm -hmm. and, you know, so many injury concerns. So I I wouldn't, you know, take that yet. I think it's too far, it's too far, it's too far, um, you know, low. It's at 140 or 130 in some spots. So I would avoid that. But I know one that I do like with Tua, and you can only get this, uh, well, not say only, but the one site that I've seen, I think it's DraftKings has this. You can uh, bet on where Tua is going to go specifically, Mm. uh, what team. And so the one that I like, uh, I like the Jags at 10 to 1. Um, and we, we talked at, on Twitter about 10 days ago, uh, I had made a, kind of made a comment that, uh, I was shocked that I had not seen any mock draft have to a fall to Jacksonville at nine. And a lot of people pushed back and said that, oh, they're tanking for, for Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But, you know, with the lack of financial risk, really with these quarterbacks anymore, I mean, the, the salaries are slotted. Why not if you're a Jacksonville team and you've got him sitting, you know, in front of you at nine? You're not going to make the playoffs really either way. Take a take a shot at, at Tua if he comes in and he's healthy and he plays well his rookie year. Great, you've got your franchise quarterback um, and you're set. If he struggles, if he's hurt, um, you're still going to be bad. You're still going to have a, a top two or three pick next year, and you can take Lawrence. You could take Field. I just think the 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 possibility of adding a franchise quarterback with the upside like Tua is there. And, um, you know, I think that's either Jacksonville could take him or I think a team might trade up to get him at that yeah. point. So I think nine is kind of his cutoff. I gave this out on Cowherd's show yesterday, but I was told to, that the Raiders badly want a quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah came on here a week or two ago and said they've kicked the tires on Jalen Hurts. Um, the Raiders have several picks. I wouldn't be shocked if Tua does pass the Jags and he's there at like 10, maybe the Raiders move up to grab him. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but Gruden's got the security, right? We know he's done with Carr. They got Mariota as a backup. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Tua and the Raiders partnered up. Uh, Again, Raiders' new stadium. I think there could be something there. I agree with you. I don't think, I mean, Mayock is definitely not married to Carr and neither is Gruden. You know, all the signs are there. Um, and the Browns are the 10th spot. So you mentioned 10. I mean, the Browns with their analytics department oh, yeah. would love to trade down a couple spots and pick up, you know, an extra pick. So I think that's very possible, but I think, I think either the Jags or just that nine spot in general is really the sweet spot. And I think that's as low as he'll probably go, but, uh, but yeah, that's one. I think at 10 to one, that's not a bad, that bad spot to, to get them at. Uh, what about your Browns? Uh, everybody has basically ticketed them for an offensive lineman. I, I don't know. Last year, T.A., everybody loved the Browns. They're going to the playoffs. They got Odell, blah, blah, blah. And you know the whole, like, don't follow the crowd theory in gambling. I was off the Browns. I actually believe they're going to be a playoff team next year. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a buyer on the Cleveland Browns right now. Do you think there's anybody in the draft they could get that will help them this year to be a winner? Yeah, I mean, I, they're definitely, you know, I, I think that they're definitely one of those teams that has a lot of uh, positive factors going into the season. You're not going to get the same hype like you mentioned as last year. Their their def- their um, schedule really improves. I mean, they had the ninth toughest schedule last year, and just looking at kind of the DVOA uh, rankings and projecting forward to their schedule this year, they would they would have one of the, the, the top five easiest uh, schedules in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And you look at pass defenses at the face, I mean, Baker struggled last year, but he, he faced the third toughest schedule pass defenses in the NFL last year. He had to face the Patriots and Buffalo and San Francisco, three of the top six teams last year in pass defense. And this year doesn't have to face any of them. They go from the third toughest to the number one easiest 
pass defensive schedule in the NFL. So I think, you know, because of that, plus the, the coaching factor, you know, Freddie Kitchens is a disaster last year. <laughs> I think, I think nine to 10 wins is very possible. Um, and a wild card berth is, is possible. And in terms of, you know, who at 10 they can take to really help them out. I mean, they, they, their offensive line really struggled last mm-hmm. year. They didn't have a left tackle. Um, the right side was pretty poor and they, and they solved that with the Jack Conklin signing. I thought that was really, you know, solid signing. And I think, you know, everyone is um, putting a left tackle there at 10. I think if Tristan Wirfs is there, there's probably their number one guy, yeah. best athlete among all the tackles. And, and that's what they really like, these spark scores uh, that the analytics departments really love. Um, he's number one on that list. So I think he's a guy who could really fill that need. Uh, but I, I think if Wirfs is not there, I can totally see them trading down. You know, like you mentioned, the Raiders might want to move up. I've heard the Broncos want to move Broncos, up for receiver yep, yep. to to get ahead of the you know the Jets. I can see not. I mean, I can see one, two, or even three trade downs, and then they get down to the like mid to late twenties. And there's a tackle uh, by the name of Ezra Cleveland um, out of Boise State. You may not have heard of him, but he is high on their draft board supposedly. He's mm. the number two. Uh, tackle in terms of uh, spark score, so athletic ability. He tested out number two among all tackles, and so there's been a lot of uh, buzz in the last week that he's high on their list if they do trade down because he's not a guy who's going to go in the top 20. He's more of late first round. So I could see them trade down a couple times and get a guy like that, pick up a couple picks. Uh, they really need help in the linebacking spot. They lost Joe Schobert in the yeah. middle of that, that defense. Um, their, their safeties are, you know, they signed a couple of guys on one year deals, so they could use some help there. Um, so I think that's the, that's, there's a couple of opportunities there, either by taking a guy like Wirfs or by trading down a handful of spots, taking Cleveland and, and picking up some picks to, to help out that defense. Those are two of the probably the best options I think the Browns have on the board. We're talking NFL draft gambling with Cleve TA. You can follow him on Twitter at CLEVTA. All right, last one, TA. Um, what do you foresee regarding the Jordan Love situation? Is there any value on him going first round, falling out of the first round? Um, I, I saw an over-under pick of him somewhere in like the like 21 or 20, I think, uh, earlier this week. Any thoughts on Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback? Yeah, he's such a wild card. Yep. But, I mean, I would think that the Patriots spot would be his oh, floor, yeah. right? And then, what are they picking, 25? 23, I think. 23, yeah. I think that would be your – your floor, um, you know, Belichick doesn't trade up, you know, typically ever. But I think, you know, the one time he doesn't have a quarterback, it's a possibility that I could see him moving up a few spots. I think that 21 number as an over-under is pretty good. Uh, you know, who else in the teams is really going to take him? What about, you know, you mentioned already, I mean, could you see the Raiders take a shot at Jordan Love? Hmm. Um, Interesting. You know, I could, that might be a possibility. Uh, maybe they trade back a few spots and take him or sit, sit there at 12 and, and take a shot at, I think, you know, everyone's going to fall in love with his arm strength. Um, you know, they, they want to make the comparison of Mahomes. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Mahomes, uh, the production he put up at Texas tech was, um, yeah, yeah. 5,000 yards, 44. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I mean, his issue was that he was a, a total gunslinger threw across his body and look, that served him well in the NFL, but that was the concern. I don't think Jordan love is, you know, nearly to that level, but I could see, why some teams could fall in love with them and jump up and take them. So uh, I think those are, I think the Patriots, I think the Raiders are, are a couple of teams, maybe even the Jags in their, with their second pick in the first round, if they do pass on Tua or don't have a shot at him in, the, in at number nine. I mean, I think those are a couple of teams. So I, I think he'll go higher than 21 just because 
Um, you know, teams fall in love with quarterbacks. And after Tua and Herbert, uh, there's a pretty big gap in terms of, you know, where those guys might go. Um, you know, you just need one team to, to fall in love and move up. So uh, he, he's probably uh, the most interesting, I guess, wild card of among all the quarterbacks, I think. So, um, you know, that's one that uh, um, in that you know, kind of late teens range, I think, is, is a good spot for him. All right, T.A., good stuff. We'll probably hit you back for over-unders here after the schedule comes out next month. Uh, not a lot to gamble on, so we got we, you got to fire when you can. Stay safe out there and uh, enjoy the weekend, T.A. Thanks, Jason. You too. All right, good stuff. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. What am I? I got some good, good draft stories. So we know the phrase is nobody knows anything and Tom Brady's the poster child. But man, man, everybody coming after me saying, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Herbert is the next Blaine Gabbert. W- what are you basing that on? You, you do remember people like Blaine Gabbert over Cam Newton coming into the draft. Nobody knows anything next on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So good. Michael Jordan, the last dance. I can't wait. Final hour. We got one of Jordan's teammates on here. I'm sure he's just going to totally gas up Jordan. And there's a lot to gas him up about. Goodness gracious, the guy was good. I told that ping pong story earlier. I love it. Uh, I got some other Michael Jordan ones here 
in the chamber ready to fire. Uh, how about this one? You can find this video on YouTube. So, 1987, Jordan and the Bulls, back when Jordan couldn't get by anybody in the playoffs. Remember those days? Well, LeBron, LeBron never really had those days. Um, so, Jordan posts up John Stockton, spins around, and dunks on him. And the game's in Utah, and a guy in the crowd when Jordan's running back down the court says, pick on somebody your own size, Jordan. You know, because Jordan was a dunking, scoring machine. So the next possession, Bulls get the ball, Jordan on the wing, soars in and dunks on the Utah center, <laughs> Mel Turpin. Again, this is on YouTube. Uh, you can search Michael Jordan, is that big enough? After Jordan dunks on Mel Turpin, he goes to the fan. You can see him, his arms are outstretched. Is that big enough? Like, I just dunked on Stockton, now I'm going to come back and dunk on Mel Turpin. Now, it's funny, Mel Turpin's the center. You're like, who the heck is Mel Turpin? Why is Michael Jordan dunking on off-duty firefighters in the 80s? We've all heard about how Jordan beat up on plumbers in the 90s while he was dunking on off-duty firefighters. No, Mel Turpin was an awesome uh, college player at Kentucky, top 10 pick. Problem was he kind of ate too much, started to eat his way out of the league. By the time he got to the Washington Bullets, before they were the Wizards, in the 90s, Tony Kornheiser nicknamed him Mel the Dinner Bell Turpin. Because, you know, yeah, it's obviously funny stuff. Turpin was a, was a large individual. Jordan just dunked all in his grill. Uh, listen, there's millions of Jordan stories like that. Just ruthless. I, I love those stories. I still think LeBron's a more talented basketball player. That's okay. That's a that's a fine opinion to have. I I'll back it up with facts later. But I want to go back to the NFL draft. Um, we just had TA on betting. So there was some news this week that Makai Becton, the Louisville mountain of a man, he's like six eight, three fifty, maybe more. Um, tested positive for something at the combine. His odds were like he was like plus nine hundred, Gavin, to be the fourth pick to the Giants. I gave out on my Fox video, I said I would bet on Tristan Wirfs, who was like 225. Wirfs is now down to like 150 or something. Um, how much does weed even matter in the draft now? Does it? Remember, who was the dude? He went to Miami. Was it Laramie Tunsil? With yes, the gas with the mask gas bong? Mask. Yeah. That, some, some jerk released that like the night of the draft, and Tunsil fell. Tunsil's about to get paid by Seattle. It was probably the Dolphins that released it. <laughs> Try to get him to go to them. No, but yeah, most of the states it's legal in yeah. to do that. So So Becton may fall a little bit. And of course I had somebody DM me on Instagram. Hey Jay, did you see this Becton news? Maybe the Jets get him. I'm like, Well, that would be great. I mean, he might be the best left tackle in the draft. But again, nobody really knows anything. And I want to tell you the story about Justin Blackman. I don't know if you guys remember him. Oklahoma State superstar. I see Iowa Sam nodding. Oh, yeah. Justin Blackman. Yeah. Justin Blackman was unbelievable in the Big 12. I mean, people were comparing him to Anquan Bolden and Terrell Owens. That's how bad he was torching the Big 12. Justin Blackman is wanted by a lot of NFL teams. The Jags trade up, Gavin. If you do the research, they trade up to five to get Justin Blackman. They had done all the homework. Justin Blackman was out of the league in one and a half years. I think it was one and a quarter years, technically. So during all their homework and interviewing Justin Blackman, everybody says good things. What they didn't do was the recon. And what was unknown at the time was Justin Blackman 
like multiple days a week would be posted up at the campus bar in uh what's a town for Oklahoma Stillwater thank you Stillwater Texas Oklahoma Stillwater Oklahoma geez Stillwater Texas Stillwater Oklahoma Justin Blackman would just be hanging out at the local bar multiple nights a week turns out a year and a half into the league he gets popped for substance abuse like failed alcohol test like the guy had issues DUIs and it was just like geez how do you miss that well they didn't do their homework And I opened the show talking about the Justin Herbert. Would he be able to handle going from Eugene, Oregon to Miami? Now, I've never been to Eugene, Oregon. Have either of you guys? Not Eugene, no. You have been to Oregon, though? Yeah. Where? Uh, Like the Portland area. Okay. Portland's a small town, right? Yeah. uh, yeah. It's a small city, I guess. But Eugene, I would gather, is a very small town. Miami is one of the biggest awesome cities in America. Top 10 city, right? How is a 22-year-old going to handle going to Miami 2,500 miles away, maybe 3,000, I don't know, away from everybody he knew? And there's no way to know if Justin Herbert can handle that. There's just none. Jamarcus Russell, big man on campus at LSU, big arm, Goes to Oakland. You could argue Jamarcus Russell, one of the biggest busts in NFL NFL history. Right, Gavin? I mean, yeah. Number First one overall pick, pick. Yeah. Got like all the money and then was just like on the purple dank. Yeah. And didn't want to watch the what was the what was the great story where Jamarcus Russell isn't that what it's called? He was purple addicted dank? to the syrup. Yeah. The syrup. Yeah, I know. I think it's called uh isn't it called purple drank? I think you kind of combined right. purple, like, dank weed oh, with God. drank. That's bad. <laughs> that's that's a mistake. Maybe Jamarcus was mixing them, too. He might have been as well. But I think there was a legendary story where uh, one of the offensive coaches gave Jamarcus Russell a DVD. Of course, this is, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago. Hey, these are the plays. You know, watch this and let me know what you think. And... Jamarcus Russell comes back the next Monday and hands the DVD back. Oh, this is great stuff. Thank you for giving it to me. The coach had given him a blank DVD. There was nothing on it. <laughs> Just testing to see. And Jamarcus Russell obviously didn't even watch it, didn't care. And it was like, that's the kind of guy. Like, there's no way to know in the draft process if that's what you're going to be getting as a, as a player. And that this that's why this is an inexact science, man. I can do mock drafts until the the, the cows come in. And yes, I've been more accurate than Mel Kuyper in several of the last few years. And if whatever stock you put in that, like these are teams that are taking a chance. Like when you see the score, the two a wonder, like of thirteen. Do you do you get nervous at all? Like, wait, what are we dealing with here? When you see the uh, the Tua stat, I think it was from Daniel Jeremiah, that Tua threw more passes in his workout than he did in the fourth quarter at Alabama. Are you like, well, wait, why isn't he throwing passes in the fourth quarter? Oh, they're killing everybody. And Tua's barely playing in the fourth quarter. So Tua might have played, I don't know what the number is, 20 games in college football. But when you really break it down, if he sat out the fourth quarter of half those games, because they were beating up Southwest Missouri State, and they were up 60 to nothing on Ole Miss. 
how much did Tua actually play? And again, guys, we could uh, is Tua talented? Of course he is. It's, it's undeniable the guy's got talent. I've said his ceiling is Drew Brees with the quick release and the height similarities. And, and, and like the what I thought was a high IQ for making good decisions. Did not throw a lot of interceptions. And then he scores a 13 on a Wonderlick. Well, what does the Wonderlick matter? Lamar Jackson. Well, they got a 13 on the Wonderlick. Like, there's just, it's really difficult. I mean, the Jets a few years back got this awesome kid out of Ohio State, Dar- Dar- Darren Lee, Duran Lee, I don't know how to say his name. Super fast, sideline to sideline linebacker. This guy was a monster. I love the pick. He ends up being a bust because he could not handle the defense that the Jets ran. He just couldn't handle it. I mean, I'm not bashing that. He was not bright enough to pick it up. Now, maybe it was too complicated for the Jets. They draft him at 20. He's out. Uh, he's gone from the team pretty quickly after that. And now he was, I think he got a ring with the Chiefs. Maybe not. He was like, I don't know if he was active for the game or whatever. The pick after Deron Lee? For the jet uh, that went to the Houston Texans at twenty one was Will Fuller. Will Fuller, Jets could have had him. I'm, I you want to go back with the Jets a few years before that? They drafted a receiver who showed a ton of promise. Uh, this guy was like major athletic. He could go up and get the football, like high point. Uh, great one of those receivers who, if you threw it up to him, he was going to get it. Well, at least that's what everybody thought. And it's just like they get him, and you're like, wait, this guy can't really do anything. He doesn't know how to run a pass pattern. Like, how do you whiff that badly that the Jets, I mean, get a guy who can't even play? I'm looking him up. Oh, well, I don't want to. I'm looking at Jets drafts. Christian Hackenberg. I was <laughs> in love with Hackenberg. Penn State. Right? Penn State. Penn, Christian Hackenberg was a true freshman at Penn State. I believe he was 17 when the school year started. Put up really good numbers under Bill O'Brien. Hackenberg looked like the future. Future number one pick. The guy was, he's like 6'4", chiseled, intelligent. And then they get hit with the sanctions. And Christian Hackenberg kind of regresses. He loses Bill O'Brien. He regresses more. And he falls in the draft. And the Jets get him in the second round. I mean, Christian Hackenberg, like, can't play. How does that happen, Iowa, Sam? You're a college football. You're a Big Ten correspondent. How yeah. do you go from being a stud? He Really, though, he wasn't that big of a stud at Penn State. He had, I think, a low completion percentage, as I remember. I mean, he had he had like a really big arm, but he did he threw a lot of uh, up-for-grabs passes, okay. I remember. Now, hold on. Penn- as a freshman, he was at one of the top He recruits. had a great first two years, I believe, under Bill O'Brien. Then under James Franklin, he was like a 17-6 and six kind of guy. Right, right. Um, you're right. Not a high completion percentage. Never top sixty percent. His second year after that first awesome year was twelve TDs, fifteen interceptions. But he stuck around. He could have bailed when the sanctions hit. Uh, it, it, big hand, big height, uh, good numbers at the combine. Like it, it was just such a disappointment. Let me see where he is now. Yeah, he was with the Memphis Express in the Alliance of America. Yeah, he was one of the big names when they started out. I mean, guys. You he could didn't do, even get in the XFL, though. He did. He did. He not. didn't play in the XFL, from from my knowledge. It's just it's one of those deals. He threw th- uh, zero NFL passes with the Jets. Christian Hackenberg. I mean, he was a Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Like when I say nobody knows anything, I'm dead serious. 
like we'll go to break with this. So I don't know who dug up this stat, but it's incredible and mind blowing. So Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. We all know that. Tom Brady put up astronomical numbers based on uh, going to the you know the Patriots and had Belichick. Tom Brady in the he was part of the 2000 NFL draft class. 219 wins, 541 touchdowns. Every other quarterback combined in that year, that's 11, had 94 wins. The sixth-round pick had 219. All 11 quarterbacks combined had 277 TD passes. 2,000 draft. Tom Brady, by himself, had 541. He outperformed all the other quarterbacks in the class by double. More than double. How how could anybody have known that? There's just no way. Uh, Iowa Sam, your guy Nate Stanley, just yes. crushed the uh, Wonderlick. He had a nice Wonderlick, but so did uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been in the league for 10 years. I think Nate Stanley may be a competent backup, but I would like to say, remember Jamarcus Russell, I don't think it's all his fault. You also have to look at how disasterly the Raiders were back in the day. And yep. the fact that, okay, he got the blank DVD, he didn't watch it, he got caught in a lie. But I look back at, like, Robert Gallery, who was drafted a few years before um, Jamarcus Russell. Offensive lineman, right? Yeah, he was the Outland winner. He went to Iowa. Uh, But he played for, like, I think he had a different position coach every year. He had a different coach every other year. Yeah, but Jamarcus Russell didn't put in the work. That was his whole thing. I think he got up to 300 pounds. Yeah, he got, like, $80 million back when they had... Yeah, he got a crazy big contract. Very true, very true. He didn't work hard. It's hard to have sympathy. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. You guys know I love college basketball. We got robbed of March Madness this year. Huh. I got some really bad news for you if you're a college basketball fan. That's next, but first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with what's trending in sports. Props to Iowa Sam, by the way, for just coining a new term, disasterly. I knew that wasn't oh a real God. word. <laughs> it is now, baby. And Jason, I had underestimated just how agonizing it is to be a New York Jets fan. Oh, I need no. to be more empathetic around you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just felt bad because you kind of started going down the Jets draft rabbit hole oh, there. Oh, my gosh. I was just... Is that is super, super depressing, right? I mean, yeah. they've had some ineptitude at the top. Now Joe Douglas, for they got him from the Eagles. Hopefully he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, and the problem is nowadays with sites like ProFootballReference.com, it's just very easy to just have two clicks and then their entire draft history is in front of you. And yeah. speaking of the NFL, we start right there. Jason Ian Rappaport reporting this morning, the Baltimore Ravens further fortifying themselves, agreeing to a one-year deal with linebacker Jake Ryan pending a physical. He was with the Jaguars last year, but the previous three campaigns, he had started 27 games for the Packers. Today was supposed to be, believe it or don't, the opening day of the 2020 NBA playoffs. But now we are in a whole different world, and to that effect, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver Friday held a conference call with reporters about the potential resumption of the season, saying, quote, we are not in a position to make any decisions, and it's unclear when we will be. I think there is still too much uncertainty at this point to say precisely how we move forward, unquote. 
Also on Friday, the WNBA draft, and to the surprise of absolutely no one, the New York Liberty with the number one overall pick took generational talent Sabrina Ionescu out of the University of Oregon. Also on Friday, Ionescu announcing that she had signed an endorsement deal with Nike. By the way, the Liberty no longer owned by the James Dolan-led MSG Corporation. They were sold a couple of years ago to Joseph Tsai, the Brooklyn Nets owner, and they now play in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. So that is the new home of superstar Sabrina Ionescu, now of the New York Liberty. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. I have heard you've been to Eugene, Oregon. Many, many times, why, as what, it turns you, out. Why would you go there? Through, for, through my various uh, sports media travels throughout the season with various uh, teams and and broadcasting assignments. So I'm a veteran of the Valley River Inn in uh, Eugene, Oregon, for sure. I, I've been to wow. I've been to Eugene. I've been to Corvallis. Been to Portland. Love Portland. But yeah, Eugene is a very charming uh, college town. So for sure. what happens when somebody gets plucked out of Eugene for 22 years and then goes to Miami? Culture shock. It was a culture shock for me uh, going from Eugene to my, absolutely, and and to be a, a young person. But but the thing is, when you've gone through those experiences, even though you might live in Eugene, you've been to a bunch of other player places as an elite college football player, off-season travels, road trips. So it's not exactly, you know, someone falling off the proverbial turnip truck for the first time. Yeah, yeah. This isn't backwater. Eugene's not some kind of like, podunk town but uh correct but yeah if, if you're an elite division one college football player chances are you've taken a lot of road trips to to major markets and even aside from that been into you know major uh cities just for traveling throughout your rounds yeah. especially after your after your college career ends and pre-draft for sure i would love to find out if uh his parents took him uh, did he travel to europe as a young teenager or did he go to la or Chicago, just to see the world in the country. He did play in L.A. last year, and they wiped the floor with oh, uh, USC. <laughs> yeah, so how about that? He looked really good in that he game. He was not intimidated by uh, L.A. or Clay Hilton. Yeah, well, Clay, yeah, USC defense. Anyways, uh, speaking of college, I want to quickly just talk about college basketball. You guys know it's a sport near and dear to my heart. Um, it just feels like it's so dead right now. It's just the greed in the NCAA just ruined everything. I mean— College basketball in this country was massive in the 80s and 90s. And remember, boxing and horse racing a century ago were like the top sports in America. Look in the 19, what, 1920s, 30s. Boxing was everything. Horse racing, massive. Baseball, number one sport. Number one team sport. Like, things change. This stuff's cyclical. In college basketball, I still remember as a young kid... Uh, Patrick Ewing and Georgetown were a huge deal where I grew up in Northern Virginia. And my buddy, his parents were like, you know, his dad went to Seton Hall in the Big East. And they were like huge Georgetown. They would watch all the games on TV. So we would be at their house and they would just be raving, Patrick Ewing, this guy. And we, I got into Georgetown in college basketball. And I loved the sport and I liked it in the 80s and it was great in the 90s. And, and it's still good, still very good. But, they just are so slow to react to what's going on. It's like trying to move the Titanic. Um, it appears, by all accounts, that the NBA is not going to be able to abolish the one and done. 
I don't know if you guys are up uh, uh, have heard the latest, but it sounds like there is a big sticking point. We've talked about it before. So ahead of the NBA draft, players can withhold the medical information from some teams. Famously, Chris Tapp's Porzingis. His agent wanted to get him to New York. So he refused to give his medicals to the Sixers. He said, we don't want to go to Philadelphia. We're not going to give you the medicals. Well, can the Sixers draft Porzingis, a seven foot four euro or seven three, whatever he is, without seeing the medicals? They took Jaleel Okafor. Porzingis got to the Knicks. That has been huge for players in the league because that's the one thing you kind of got to do is steer yourself somewhere. They want to take that away in exchange for the one and done. And the NBA is saying no. So instead of the one and done, what they're going to do now is create this new G League. It's like G League on steroids. Is that how you guys understand it? Basically, we're going to pay one top guy $500,000, give him a sneaker deal. He's going to play slightly better competition. That It's unclear what that is. But that's where we're going to funnel the kids who would have been one and done. And to be honest, that's not a terrible idea. They saw the success of the NBL. And again, I have to confess, I am a minority owner of a team in the NBL. It is the team that got R.J. Hampton last year. Um, the league is doing really well. Uh, what's his name? LaMelo Ball played in the NBL last year. He uh, is going to go into the NBA. He now owns the team that he used to play for. He's purchasing it. So the NBA seeing that high school players, they don't want to go to college. They don't. The ones who have, are ticketed for the NBA don't want to go to college. They say, wait, I can go to the NBL in Australia, make over $500,000, then I can supplement that with a sneaker deal, live in an area where it's similar to the culture in America, and I don't have to worry about going to class? I can work on my game. That makes sense. So that's what the N- the new uh, G League is trying to do. Well, we'll take some of those guys. Now, they can't pay everybody 500000 I don't know how sustainable that league is. Um, but now you're looking at, like, the top 20 guys maybe not going to college, maybe doing G League or international. They can get that sneaker money now. They can get that deal now. Get started when instead they go to college and they play for free? Like, it doesn't make sense. And college basketball is slow to react. Folks, There, I know Iowa Sam's guy, Garza, had a great year. Great story. Obi Toppin. Is anybody nationally tuning in to watch Garza? Like, it's, he's just, they're, they're not Zion Williamson. Well, hey, aren't these changes then further gutting college basketball? I mean, they're slow to react, but what are they supposed to do as, as, a, as, a, as a strike back? How are well, they supposed I, I, to? The first thing I would do is you can profit off your name and likeness, number one, let's move on. Well, that's in the works. In the, it's been in the works for three years. It's never happening. They don't want to concede anything. Uh, all right, we got to go to break. I will continue this in a minute. But, like, what can college basketball do to to stay on top? Well, I'm telling you right now. So the TV deals are very lucrative for college basketball. What happens if the ratings have been trending downward the last few years? That Villanova-UNC uh, game, which was amazing, had terrible TV ratings. It was on TNT, of course, which is another dumb thing. Um, the new TV deal is not going to be $800 million or whatever it is. It's going to be less. That means less piece of the pie for everybody. Like. That's where we're headed. Could college basketball fix it? We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Maybe the best music selection you've had this month, Iowa Sam. Love this. Digital Underground. Well, Tupac. Wreck. All respect. Oh, I can I, yeah, I can rap that whole song. This is Justin Herbert's song. I get yeah. it. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Can you see him boozing it up at a at a frat party at the keg, hanging out, scoping the ladies in Oregon? I listen, <laughs> I, I I like Herbert. Uh, I like this song better than Justin Herbert. Uh, I am coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And guys, I want to remind you, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first four years. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Quickly, before I get back to college basketball, man, this is a brutal story. And this is why, like, I know everybody wants America open. Gavin has been pushing it for a while. I'm with him. I want America open. I need, we need the economy back. We all need our jobs. Companies need to make money. Here's the, the kind of story that's scary. So there was a high school final four, like, state championship in 
in um, Indiana on March 6th. You know, in basketball in Indiana is huge, okay? 2,800 fans were in the gym for the sectional semifinals uh, at Lawrence Central. I don't know if that's where Greg Oden and Mike Conley went, but it might have been. So the stands start getting packed. Fans are getting there by 11 a.m. Um, and, like, it, it's a hot gym in Indiana. Um, that day was the first person in Indiana had tested positive for coronavirus on March 6th. The games were still played that night. It turns out five people who were in that gym of 2,800 fans died of coronavirus, tested positive, and died. Now, there's no way to tell if they got it at the gym or they got it before, but, like, you can't have fans at games. I mean, Winhorst was adamant about this, guys. It's just not happening. You cannot put large amounts of people together, yeah, celebrating, and the, the, the what, is it, what is it, the spittle beads or whatever it's called, the droplets, the droplets. That's flying at games. You get into sports, you yell. Like, that's what you do as a fan. It's fun. I, I, I don't know, Gavin. I, I feel like we need to My only speaker. thought is if they, and this would never happen, I just don't think the resources would be there if there was a way to do an antibody test for every single person going into the stadium. So if you knew everyone was immune, then you could do it. But I just don't see, I don't think that's feasible. Well, we did, we did, my wife did the antibody test this week. Oh, nice. You had to pay some money. We haven't got the results yet. But even if, so obviously if it's positive, great. We will celebrate with takeout food tonight. Um, And trust me, she's cooked for 38 straight days. And, like, we're talking breakfast, lunch, dinner. She doesn't do all the breakfast cooking. I usually handle breakfast for the kids. Um, but it's like, it, it wears on you. Now, we are eating healthier. My wife's lost weight. I've lost weight. I mean, I could argue I'm in some of the best shape I've been in in the you know, last two years. Um, obviously, don't have the show muscles that I covet. No, I don't covet them. But, uh, you know, you, push-ups, you get bored. I've started, guys. Um, a couple guys sent around, like, a six-minute abs thing on YouTube. It's Brutal. You do it in the morning, you do it at night, try to do some exercise during the day. Like, you want to stay healthy, but. Have you ever done the Superman, Jason? Where you like lay on your stomach and you put your arms and legs out and you try to just kind of wobble around a little bit? Dude, that would kill you. I haven't. I'll try that. It's Superman. All right, I'll look that up. Um, At any rate, I just don't see fans coming back to sports anytime soon. I, I just don't. Football, basketball, baseball, I don't see it, any of it. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about coronavirus. We got a couple guests coming up. Ooh, ooh, next hour, we're talking with one of Michael Jordan's former teammates. Hour number three here on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. NFL draft on the horizon. Couple teams need quarterbacks. A team drafting at 23 may need a quarterback. So we're bringing in a guest now to talk about those New England Patriots who are at 23. Ben Boilin, Boston Globe. Ben's been on the show before. He uh, He's going to have some fun this year with the Patriots, I would assume. Ben, how are you? Good, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jason. Hope you're hanging in there right now. Yeah, we're trying to hang in as best we can and use the NFL draft as excitement and something sportsy to talk about. Uh, I, we haven't talked about to you since Tom Brady departed New England. 
Um, I'm just curious, what's the vibe covering the team now? Uh, I know it's kind of strange with the quarantine and everything, but I'm assuming you're talking to players and coaches regularly. How have things changed since Brady left? Uh, well, I think if anyone has been expecting much change, uh, they haven't been following Bill Belichick too closely these years. Um, he, he had a press conference or a conference call the other day for the first time since losing in the playoffs, and obviously for the first time since Brady left. And he was like, uh, he gave a, a quick statement and then refused to even address it. And they've already <laughs> moved on, and it's already on to 2020. And Tom Brady's in the rearview mirror. Um, <laughs> they don't make many moves. They sit on their hands. They let most of their high-priced guys walk away. Um, and then you hear guys like Devin McCourty saying, yeah, uh, keep doubting us. Keep saying uh, the Patriots are going to be falling off this year and aren't going to win the AFC East. I think the Patriots are happy to, to let people uh, you know, think, uh, have low expectations for them this year. So other than the fact that they have uh, a hole at quarterback for the first time in 20 years, it actually has been pretty similar for the Patriots this offseason. Yeah, ben, it's, it's interesting because when you, when you look at what Tom Brady did to cover up a lot of those warts last year, um, he's gone. Like, their offense was bad with him. Now, I know injuries were a factor in the receiver issue and no no replacement for Gronk, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of change to this Patriots offense in the offseason. Have, have you? No, there there hasn't been at all. Um, all of their moves in free agency have been for, you know, backup and special teams guys for the most part and letting their high-priced players walk. I think the Patriots – it's pretty clear. The next couple of years are going to be rebuilding years in Foxborough. Um, now, that doesn't mean they're not going to try to win games and they're going to tank, but I think it's about uh, finding the next franchise cornerstone, the next not only quarterback, but the next Julian Edelman, the next Dante Hightower, the next Matthew Slater. They, they had the oldest roster by a, lo- a large margin last year, and uh, their drafting has not been good the last four or five years, so they really need to start hitting on these draft picks, refreshing the roster, getting younger, finding some more speed, and there, you know, you said the offense was not good last year, even with Brady. There's some thought that Brady held them back a little bit, Whoa. Uh, especially <laughs> you know he wow. he he struggles to work with new receivers, and you saw rookie receivers across the league, um, you know, really shining last year, except for in New England, where Nikhil Harry just couldn't get on the same page with Brady and Jacoby Myers as well, and Brady was just locking on to Julian Edelman and James White for most of the season, and I think there's some thought, well. You know, we get younger at the quarterback position, get more athletic, get a guy who doesn't need to put in thousands of hours of work with his receivers, and, and maybe the offense could be better. But I think, generally speaking, it's going to be a couple of years of rebuilding. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it might not be the most dynamic offense right away. They, they still have to figure out what's going to be. I got to say, Ben, I'm shocked. Ben, while in uh, Boston Globe, Ben, you keep saying rebuilding. Bill Belichick's 68. I mean, that he's on the high end of the age bracket in the NFL for in the coaching fraternity. He, he's going to rebuild at 68? Yeah, and it's not like this thing's going to take eight years. I mean, it's probably two years that they need to really restock the roster with young draft picks to, to get them back to you know where they'd like to be as a, a regular um, annual championship caliber team. And even when they're rebuilding, they're still, I mean, they're still going to be strong in the trenches. They're still going to have a good defense. You know, we'll see about Jared Stidham. The, the Patriots do seem to like him. Um, we'll see if he ends up being the starting quarterback this year. I, I do think they're going to end up drafting someone, whether it's high or mid-rounds or late-rounds. They will draft another quarterback. 
Um, but, you know, it's, you know, I think Bill Belichick is actually looking forward to this. Um, he gets to rebuild the program from scratch, and he gets to build it how he wants to, and he's got total carte blanche. And he now gets to prove that he can build a winner uh, without Tom Brady. I think he's actually pretty energized by this. And it's not like the old days where he's sleeping on his couch and grinding it away. Like he's, it's a pretty, he's got a pretty good work-life balance right now. He's making a lot of money. He gets off to Nantucket and to charity events and whatever. Um, so I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And I think he's going to be uh, pretty energized and excited to try to rebuild the Patriots. All right, so Ben, uh, how much of it is not wanting to talk about Brady, rolling with Jared Stidham? How much of this is ego? And Bill Belichick just saying, listen, I know you guys think Brady's the greatest thing ever. He famously would say, I could go get a quarterback from the local high school to make this out pass. Kind of not clowning on Brady, but humbling him in the film room. How much of this is Bill's ego saying, you know what? I could put in Jared Sidham and we're still going to win the damn AFC East. Yeah, I mean, there's a a good thought of that. Um, especially, yeah, if it, it is Jared Stidham or let's say they draft another kid in the third or fourth round this year and he ends up being good, I think Belichick would like to be able to show the world that it's his dynasty. Uh, he can find a mid-round quarterback and turn the Patriots into a great franchise again. So uh, I think, of course, um, that, that, that could be um, you know in play right now for Bill Belichick. All right. I, I still think they, they there's a chance they use a first round pick on a quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Probably not a great chance, but you know, I think I think they're gonna keep an eye on Tua. Um, you know, Belichick obviously has a very close relationship with Nick Saban and if Tua starts to slip a little bit, you know, reading all the scouting reports on Tua, I think he's exactly what the Patriots want. Just a pinpoint accurate passer, a guy who makes the right decisions. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I, I think with the Patriots, everyone's conditioned to expect them to always trade them, look for value, look for a mid-round pick. And then at two assists, I think the Patriots might be in play for two. Interesting. I was going to go there. You know, they, they, as usual, have draft capital, so theoretically they could move up. Nobody sees two falling to 23, um, maybe to 10, somewhere in thereabouts. But I'm curious, are you able to ascertain who the Patriots have uh, video chatted with, if you will, uh, for quarterbacks in this class? Is that information available? Or uh, is Jordan Love in the mix potentially going tw- at 23 to the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I think he's in the mix. I don't think he's the type of player that the Patriots really are, are looking for. Um, you know, one thing about the Patriots and, and Belichick, uh, you know, he's he's kind of uh, written this through the years and scouting before. They, they don't necessarily want the, the biggest, fastest, most physically gifted athlete. And I think Jordan Love is, uh, you know, his potential is off the charts. They want a smart decision maker and an accurate passer and a guy that will get the ball out quickly and put it in the right spot. And obviously that's what makes uh, Tom Brady great uh, for so long with the Patriots. Um, like, you know, Jordan Love, he threw 20 touchdowns last year and 17 picks. That to me is a, a, a big red flag. Something that is not going to endear him to the Patriots. Meanwhile, a guy like Jake Fromm, you know, he's slipping down the draft charts. Everyone says he doesn't look, you know, look the part. And, you know, he had three years of tape and everyone's picking apart his game. But Fromm, I think, would fit very well as the Patriots want to do. He's a very smart decision maker and very accurate. And that's what the Patriots are looking for. And they feel like they can, you know, fill in the rest. Hmm. Um, so there are, there are late round picks. A guy like Jake Luton from, I hope I'm saying that right, from Oregon State. Or the kid from uh, Princeton, the quarterback from Princeton, 
Uh, I think those guys might be better fits um, than necessarily Jordan Love or Justin Herbert or some of the big, strong-arm quarterbacks. That's not really what the Patriots are looking for. Interesting. Good stuff, Ben Wolin, Boston Globe. You can cov- uh, follow him on Twitter at Ben, V-O-L-I-N. Ben, stay safe, have a great weekend, and try to enjoy the draft. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. All right, good stuff from Ben. Interesting. Uh, Jordan Love, quickly. Um, so, Iowa Sam, you watch a lot of college football. So the big story on Jordan Love was two years ago, he was 32 touchdowns and six picks at Utah State. Then loses his head coach, loses his offensive coordinator, loses nine starters, regress significantly. I don't... I think there's something real there when that happens. Because the same thing happened to Josh Allen his senior year at Wyoming. He lost a bunch of guys, and his numbers regressed a little bit. Yeah. And and he's turning out to, I think, be a suitable pro. Um, love listening to Colin Coward every day. He had a great and – and I think you came on for the – what is it, tomorrow's headlines today, talking about Jordan Love and how he regressed under Gary Anderson. And, you know, Colin had this extended breakdown of, like, how kind of Gary Anderson kind of screwed up Wisconsin right before he left with the, the 59 to nothing blowout in the – Big Ten title game. And, oh, that's right. And yeah, and then Gary Anderson goes to Oregon State, and they completely go into turn into a doormat, uh, even more so than they were before. Um, I think that there's really something there that um, that he his numbers reflect the change in coaching. I think even if you had a if you had Chip Kelly come in to the first year at Utah oh, State, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even be able to get Jordan Love to have you know forty touchdowns and eight picks. Huh. I just think that that ch- that change it, when you're changing horses in midstream, so to speak, okay, yeah. it can really screw with your stats. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so the draft is Thursday. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I haven't mentioned uh, my second aspect of nobody knows anything about the uh, NFL draft. So this is staggering. So 2017 draft, a lot of tight ends were drafted. First tight end off the board, O.J. Howard. 19. Good, good player at Alabama. Hasn't done that much in Tampa. Don't know if he's a good fit with Arians. Second tight end, Evan Ingram to the Giants. You guys remember him. Majorly a stud athlete. Third tight end, David Njoku to Cleveland. Great athlete. Fourth tight end, Gerald Everett. Rams, good player. Adam Shaheen, Bears. Jonu Smith, 100 to Tennessee. Trust me, you'll know where I'm going in a second. Michael Roberts, 127 to the Lions. Jake Butt, 145 to Denver. Remember Jake Butt, the Michigan tight end who got hurt in that irrelevant bowl game. Felt really bad for Jake Butt. So let's see, that's three, six, nine. The 10th tight end in the 2017 draft was this guy named George Kittle, who went to the 49ers. Never heard of him. Well done. George Kittle, 10 tight ends went. Nine, nine, and then he was the 10th. George Kittle is the only tight end to get to a Pro Bowl from that draft year. He's been to two! Now, I don't. I know he didn't have a great playoffs this year. Um, he had the bad OPI. I thought that was a bad call in the Super Bowl, whatever. I, I can understand why they called it. I just thought it was a bad call. Nobody knows anything about the draft. I'm sorry. I love it. I, I think my mock drafts are great and informative, and I... Folks, George Kittle was the 10th tight end taken in 2017. And he is the best tight end of that group by far. I, I might do Travis Kelsey next uh, during the commercial break. Coming up next year, uh, as we wait for Michael Jordan's former teammate to join us in 15 minutes. Oh, quick update on the book. I totally forgot about that. 
So last week I went on a you know a little tirade about life and getting out of tough spots, um, and I mentioned a book, and I said I would send a copy of the book to anybody who DM'd me on Instagram. And I figured, okay, maybe five or ten people want the book. So it's a 22, 24-year-old book, something like that. I got a lot of requests. And I was excited at first. This is great. And then they kept coming in, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is... So I went on Amazon last week to look at the book. And there's like 12 copies floating around. (laughs) So I had to contact the publisher and say, hey, I did this. Here's the audio, blah, blah, blah. And the publisher was so excited. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll, sell, we'll, we'll send you copies of the book. And I was like, well, how about this? Can I give you all the names and addresses? And I'll pay you guys. You just said, like, we don't do that. So I was like, okay. So now I have to weigh the financial of if I take all the books I can find on Amazon and ship them to you guys and then order the shipment from the publisher and then ship those. And I'm run, crunching the numbers. I'm like, well, I definitely have the time to do this. Um but just be patient. You will get the books. I'm going to hold I think you might to my need, word. You might need to read the book again to understand the finances of how you can do this. Yes. Well, no, listen. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm able to do it now uh, financially. The wife is okay. She, she's like, this is a good thing. We're helping people. Like, that's good. And any help that I can offer you guys to get through this time, because it's tough, man. I do know a lot of guys losing their jobs. It ain't. It ain't pretty. Now, my hope is when... The economy opens back up, whether it's May, June, whatever. People are hired back instantly. I know some radio hosts who have lost their job or furloughed. This ain't good. The writing industry is brutal. A big writing outlet's going to announce a lot of furloughs here this weekend, and it ain't going to be pretty. Uh, the website I started and sold and no longer work at, they have been losing people. Uh, SB Nation. Now, I don't read a lot of their stuff, but they obviously have talented people. They're in the process of losing people. It's not pretty out there. Uh, if you're in one of those service industries, um, Gavin and Sam, let me ask you, when's the next time you guys are getting in an Uber? I'm sure you've read about the germs and all that. I, I'm not riding in no Uber. Yeah, it's tough to want to do like public transportation. No. Um, we are looking ahead to our vacation, though. Uh, we were just When is that? At, uh, we're looking at September. Um, <laughs> Football season? <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, we don't even know if there's going to be a football Ooh, season. that's a good point. But, no, we had a, a, a week uh, planned in Vegas for the draft, which would have been next week, right? That's right. Uh, but that was canceled because of this. So, look, we got to gotta get our Hawaiian vacation in sometime. You so. have to. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very thankful that at the end of every football season, we take a nice trip. We went to Cabo in February. It was literally two months ago to the day. Yeah. And I told the wife, like, okay, listen. If basketball comes back in July and it goes July, August, and then NFL starts September 1, hey, we're not taking any trips this year. We've canceled our big European trip. First time to Europe with the kids. It was like a two-and-a-half-week trip. A lot of money laid out. We better get it all back. We've got a chunk of it back, or we will be getting a chunk of it back. And um, I I told the wife, like, personally, I don't feel comfortable. Like, right now, you know, trying to go to Hawaii, you have to be quarantined when you get there between two weeks to a month. They don't want you infecting their population. Well, we're not going right now, though. Yeah. So no. we're, we're talking about end of September. Again, we, and everything we're doing, we're making sure is refundable, but the obviously the prices and everything are so cheap right now. You might as well see if it'll work out. We don't know what the world... Look how much has changed in one month. We're it's one crazy. month from Rudy Gobert. <laughs> 
Who yeah. knows what's going to be like in July, you know? And, and that's where, like, and I get it with the investing and uh, there are some opportunities to be had. I just think, yeah, definitely if you're booking anything, make it refundable. Yeah, yeah. There's no chance we can risk, yeah. It, that Even the plane tickets. Well, yeah. Um, Travel insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. personally, I don't. If you I understand could, the caution, believe okay, me. Okay, if you could get a European trip on the cheap right now, are you taking it? I wouldn't go to Europe, no. But I feel I would Any, feel safe. How about safer. this? Anywhere else in the world outside of the United States? I I, I wouldn't do that right now. No, I wouldn't. Would but you do it? How I feel this? like Hawaii is is a is very safe States? place to go right now. Well, but they don't want anybody there. For now, let me ask you this: Will you take any? non-U.S. travel until there's a vaccine? Um, I don't plan to. I but it, but if there a... was like a trip I won, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know if I'd do that. If we're not going to have a vaccine for between a year and 18 months from now, I'm not, I'm, I need to see my family back in Iowa. And Well, no, no, I said non, non Oh, I'm sorry, you say out yeah. of the country. Yeah. Um, no, I won't. Probably not. Yeah. Because like the worst part is if it bubbles up, that stuff happens quick. Like within three well, days. It's also I don't want to go to a hospital that's, anywhere. And that's the like, thing. Yeah. The American healthcare system is the best. I don't want to be stuck in Sweden or something when all this is going on. Definitely so. not. All right. Uh, coming up next year, Fox Sports Radio. We'll do a little more draft, a little more Jordan. And then Michael Jordan's former teammate joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. One of Michael Jordan's teammates coming up in five minutes. Just. Chatting with Steve Hartman. He's up next. Steve Hartman and LeVar Arrington. Um, should be a fun show. Hartman talking to me through a masks. Um, it's so funny. I was the mask guy two months ago. And now other people are talking to me through a mask. And I'm like, I'm like the normal one. I'm like, guys, it's it's okay. We're we're in good shape. Um, I'm trying to think what else we got here. We got so much. So much good stuff. Hey, hey, by the way, can I take a second here? I don't think, Gavin, just cover me in case I, I screw up. <laughs> Does Dr. Drew have a show on Fox Sports Radio or iHeart or anything? Um, I don't think he's on iHeart. Gosh, um, I hope not. What a fraud that guy is. Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, all these guys. Did you see what Dr. Oz said this week? I don't watch it. Yeah, he was He went on TV and he's like, and yeah. Schools, kids, that yeah, will just lose two. Three. See, this is the problem when you prop up these quote doctors. Oh, they're frauds! On these, yeah, well, frauds! Well, see, that's the thing is you can't call them frauds when when they get put on there all the time. Yeah, like, they're not. They don't know anything about. But coronavirus. they get propped up by all these companies. Yeah, Oprah Winfrey yeah. has been propping up uh, one of these guys, Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil's a psych. We should know he's a psychologist, right? Is. They're all but doctors the by trade. We understand that. Fifty mm, percent of the population. Turns on our TV. Oh, Dr. Phil. Yeah, he's a good doctor. He knows his stuff. And then he says moronic stuff. That buffoon said, we have 360,000 people dying a year in swimming pools. We don't do anything about it. We don't worry about that. Like, what are you talking about? I got l- really angry when, when I see this clip going around. I'm telling you, man, if you guys, uh, we're all trying to get smarter and understand stuff. I don't have all the Well, answers. I just want to say, if you got to knock them, you got to do- knock Fauci as well. Because Fauci in January was saying, this won't be a big deal. This Fauci, won't be. Fauci yeah. was so, wrong. Miscalculation. Again, just like but, your NFL draft take, no one knows anything. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think Fauci. <laughs> I think Fauci knows more about this yeah, than of course those he, he does. He made a bad miscalculation. 
He was wrong. A lot of the um, the models have been wrong. And I now I will push back on that and say, listen, part of that's because we're social distancing. We're quarantined. And I don't know if that's built into the models, but I'm fine with the models being wrong. Less people dying. But that's a I, win. I do just want to say, if you shut down anything and just have people at home all day, the deaths in every category except suicide are going to go down. That's my only knock on that take. It's like and choking on food. There's no DUI deaths right now. There's no armed muggings right now. You know what I mean? No one's out. We're all stuck at home. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, coming up next year, um, we're all frustrated. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, you could tell. You guys could tell. Like I've been holding it together, and then this Doctor Oz, Doctor. <laughs> no, I found it in my notes. I agree with you. I have that. a couple of bad words. Expletive. Expletive. <laughs> Doctor Phil. Um, I mean, I, I can't. Just, guys, I'm, I'm telling you. You got to start to know who you're listening to, okay? Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, and you, I think you made a good point, Iowa Sam. These guys are, like, Dr. Phil is a psychologist. And according to Steve Hartman, an unlicensed one for quite some time, he's closer to Dr. J now than an actual doctor. I don't know doctor. who that is. I don't think I want to know. Like Dr. J, the basketball player? Oh, Dr. <laughs> a second 2K reference to Dr. J. By the way, George Gervin, legendary basketball player. I, you know, I heard this story about Jordan. Sorry to pivot from uh, idiot doctors to Michael Jordan. Um, so at that legendary freeze-out All-Star weekend where Isaiah Thomas allegedly led the freeze-out of Jordan, Michael Jordan had claimed to people that he was walking to the elevator and Magic and Isaiah were talking and they kind of look back at Jordan and don't really say much. And Jordan's all geared up with his Nike stuff. And Isaiah's like, what's with this, Rook? And they start laughing at him. Michael Jordan's like, what the hell was that all about? So then they go to the game. And George Gervin, who was like still like late prime, I guess, a scoring machine. People forget how good he was. He was more a 70s guy, but he was good in the 80s. And George Gervin lights up Jordan in the All-Star game. Gervin had like 24 points or something like that. Michael Jordan had a bad All-Star game, and he later claimed that Isaiah uh, would freeze him out, not only off the court, but wouldn't pass him the ball. And they kind of hung him out to dry and wouldn't help Jordan defend George Gervin. And Jordan just stewed about this and made it like, man, that Isaiah Thomas, I'm going to get him. Now, we need to remember, yes, Michael Jordan, 6-0 in the finals. Do you also know... He could not get by Larry Bird and the Celtics. Could not get by Isaiah and the Pistons, bad boys. He just couldn't. He couldn't. Coming up next, hopefully, somebody will say nice things about Michael Jordan besides me. But first, what's trending in sports with Isaac Lowenthal? Jason, in an alternate universe, as we speak, would have been the opening game of the 2020 NBA playoffs. I'm going to make an educated guess and say it would have been the Miami Heat hosting the Indiana Pacers. But of course, that is not the case. Instead, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver held a conference call on Friday with reporters and talked about the potential resumption of the season. The commissioner saying, quote, we are not in a position to make any decisions and it's unclear when we will be. I think there is still too much uncertainty at this point to say precisely how we move forward, unquote. Now, maybe before all this happened, the Heat hosting the Pacers would not have been necessarily appetizing, but oh, the longing 
to be talking about a game at this point. Also Friday was the WNBA draft, and with the number one overall pick, the New York Liberty, to the surprise of absolutely no one selected, generational talent Sabrina Ionescu out of the University of Oregon. I'm just excited for the opportunity. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this for a couple of days, but I'm just excited to get out there and start working and uh, get, get to know my team, get to know the coaching staff, and really just get to work. And finally, in the NFL, Ian Rappaport reporting this morning that the Baltimore Ravens agreed to a one-year deal with free agent linebacker Jake Ryan, not to be confused with fictional movie hero Jack Ryan, pending a physical. Ryan was with the Jaguars last year and previous three seasons made 27 starts for the Green Bay Packers. Jason, all yours. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest played with this guy named Michael Jordan in the 90s, won several titles with them, then went to the Spurs, won another title. Welcome to the show, Will Purdue of NBC Sports Chicago. Will, good morning. How are you? Well, Jason, I'm doing well. It's, uh, you know, I'm currently in Chicago and uh, at 1133, it is 52 degrees and sunny. This is an epiphany for us. Uh, (laughs) We just had... We just had two inches of snow yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. Jeez. Well, uh, Will, I hope you're handling yourself well with the family during this pandemic. Uh, Everybody's going to be watching The Last Dance uh, Sunday night, Uh, obviously about uh, the Bulls and going back-to-back in the final year. Uh, I I just want to start from the beginning with you. You were drafted by the Bulls, um, you know, in 1988, I believe. Yeah, 1988. Now— Here's the most interesting part, Will. You were on those Bulls teams that couldn't get by the Pistons. You were a young guy. What do you remember most about those first two seasons in Chicago? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, to take the Michael Jordan angle, you know, I I always remember, you know, and it's kind of funny how as you get older, some things become clearer and you remember some things and some things, you know, you forget, but you know, something I hadn't talked about a lot was is that, A, I was excited because I was drafted by the Bulls and I was going to play with the best player in the world. But, B, I was nervous as hell because, you know, I wasn't too concerned about, you know, my ability to play in the NBA, but I was concerned about, you know, could I live up to the expectations of, you know, Michael Jordan being able to play, not necessarily at his level, but it, but to advance the level that I could play at where I got, you know, his respect, and then we became teammates. Now, as everybody knows, that that took a while, but eventually mm-hmm. I reached that level. Yeah. Now, as far as you were talking about the Pistons go, <clears throat> I realized, I think I, it was the first game against the Pistons. I think I was talking to Bill Cartwright, and I remember I looked over and I said, this isn't basketball. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, this is like a combination of hockey, football, basketball, rugby, and he's like, you know, he explained to me, he's like, this is just where the league is right now because, as we know, it's a copycat league, right? And who were the defending champions? Who was the best team in the in the league? Not necessarily the most entertaining to watch, but the best team in the league was the Pistons. So you had to try to play like them to beat them. For example, just when the Golden State Warriors, you know, started winning championships, what did everybody try to do? 
they tried to play and, and match the Golden State Warriors. So it's a copycat league, and that's the way we were playing back then. Now, Will, I, I, let me let me go here. The story was, you know, the Pistons are the bad boys, and they created the Jordan rules to stop Michael Jordan. Um, when you do, what do you what do you remember about those series? And I'm sure you've heard the Horace Grant story. You were on the maybe you were on the team playing. Uh, where Michael Jordan was so angry at the way Horace Grant played, he took his dinner away and refused to let him eat it. Is that the kind of stuff Jordan was doing nightly during those early years where they couldn't get by Detroit? And did you ever get on the receiving end of any of that harshness? Oh, yeah. I mean, he dressed me down more than one time for making a mistake. Um, you know, let's, let's remember, this was a plan devised by Chuck Daly, their head coach. All right? And Chuck Daly's admitted, hey, did we necessarily want to play this way? Was it aesthetically pleasing? No. But considering our roster, considering the players we had, we had to play a certain style to, in order to play our best, in order to beat the Bulls, in order to beat the Lakers, in order to beat the Celtics. And that style worked. And as you talked about, they became the bad boys because of you know, they, as everybody says, they push the envelope. They push the limits. Um, you know, and I got dressed down from Michael one time and, you know, against playing against the Pistons, and I don't remember if it's a regular season game or a playoff game because I kind of bought into the physicality and got into it with Rodman or got into it with uh, Lambeer, and I think we had just scored a bucket, and they fouled Michael pretty hard, so I, you know, ran in and, and – started pushing and shoving. You know, an NBA fight doesn't yeah. happen until somebody steps in the middle of you and then you try to throw a sucker punch around somebody. Right. But it got to the point where it was, it got physical enough where, you know, whoever I got into it with, we both got technicals. So that kind of took away from the effectiveness of what just happened our, on our end of the floor. And Michael got into me about that as he pulled me away from the fray. And, you know, that was the thing. You had to learn how to play physical, but not necessarily play the way that the, Pistons played because if you did, you couldn't beat them at their game. Yeah, you had to take pieces of their game, pieces of your own game, and stay mentally stable, in the sense that don't don't bite. You know, yeah. Make sure that when you do get physical, it's it's a score and time thing. You know, because if you do it at the wrong inopportune time, mm. it can really hurt your team. If you do it at the right time, it sends a message but it also hurts them more than it hurts you. And that it took us a while to figure that out. Certainly. And that, that requires you being able to control your emotions. That was the most important part. Talk with Will Perdue, former Chicago Bulls center, NBC Sports in Chicago. So, Will, it's interesting. Let me ask you this. for To stop Michael Jordan, they created a, a brand of basketball, a physical one, the Jordan Rules, right? Joe Dumars, Lambier, Mahorn. In modern NBA – LeBron James was becoming unstoppable, took the Cavs to the finals when he was 22, taken down the Pistons who had won a couple years prior. There was no way to stop him with the new rules. They had to create super teams to stop LeBron James. The Boston Celtics, after watching LeBron's torch through the East, created a super team, and then LeBron was like, well, I'll create my own super team. Then you have the Warriors. Can you talk a little bit about Jordan versus LeBron and the eras they played in? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that's been a hot topic on uh, Twitter uh, as of late. Social media has kind of, you know, ramped up the, the question. <clears throat> you know, I always compare it this way. I think the players, 
that played in the 90s could adapt easier to this style of play, more so than the players of this era trying to adapt to the way the game was played in the 90s. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not saying the players now couldn't play in that era. I'm saying they could, but because of their skill level, they would be able to adapt. But, for example, a LeBron, you know, if he's averaging 24, 25 a game in this era, probably back then he's, he's only averaging 18 or 19. And it's not because he can't go to the free throw line and, and make 15 out of 18 free throws. It's just that after about 45, 50 games, he doesn't want to go to the free throw line to shoot 15 or 16 free throws because of what it's doing to his body, the physical toll that he's taking. You saw Michael do it. You saw um, Kobe Bryant do it. They started to develop that mid-range game. And I don't mean mid-range from 8 to 10 feet, but mid-range from 18 to 20 feet. And then they extended it out to the three-point line because of the way the game was being played. Yeah, they still got to the free-throw line. But yet, as Michael would tell you, Kobe would tell you, I can't afford to physically score that many points from the free-throw line because that means that I'm taking that much physical abuse and it, it just, you know, the body can only do so much. We talk about how there's only one defeated player in the NBA. That's father time. Yeah. And quite honestly, to go to, in, for a moment, to go in favor of LeBron James, what he's doing at his age is remarkable. It's just, it's unfathomable. Because, you know, you talk about, okay, for one game, right now, who are you going to pick? in this era, I'm going to go with LeBron for one game. Now, if you want to talk about who do I want to build a team around right now, I'm not going with him because of his age and mileage and the whole thing. But I still think at the end of the day, because of MJ's competitive nature, he is ruthless. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is if you want to know what Michael Jordan's like, you'll see it on this, this uh, last dance video. You know, he's concerned people aren't going to like him too much. Well, I don't think he really cares, quite <laughs> honestly. I think he's he's kind of throwing that buffer out yeah. there, telling people, hey, be prepared. Yeah. But at the end of the day, our era was also different in the sense that it was more about respect than it was about likability. Yes, agreed. Let me, let me let you out of here with this one, Will. We're talking with Will Purdue, former Chicago Bulls champ. I, I've long argued that when the, the era that Jordan beat up in the 90s was, after the first title, no magic in the league. Larry Bird's back had been broken. The Celtics were done. And Isaiah Thomas retired early. And the Pistons were done after their long run. I I do think the current era with the super teams, the Warriors, you were a part of the Spurs. The Spurs essentially had a super team. I feel like the 90s that Jordan tore up post-91, his final five titles, was kind of inferior to the era now. How do you feel as a player who, you know, starred in the league in the 90s for well over a decade? Well, I think that the players now are much better athletes. I think they're obviously more specialized. But, you know, there's a couple things that you can't measure. You know, they've kind of, because it's become a game of analytics, they've taken the eye test out of the game. And, and at times, I think that general managers and coaches find out that, hey, this guy's got an unbelievable skill set, but he doesn't necessarily have the heart. He's not willing to necessarily make the ultimate sacrifice to win a championship because he has – uh, his own goals and ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that to me, that is the ultimate difference. Um, you know, is the mindset of the players then 
compared to the mindset of the players now. <clears throat> and it's just, I know I agree with you in a sense from a talent level, but also we've seen from a talent level that sometimes teams that have unbelievable talent, they don't necessarily have the, the chemistry you need to be an unbelievable team. And I think sometimes you just try to put together the best players and it doesn't work out. Yep. One thing that Jerry Krause did was is that you know he put together a team that played well together from a chemistry standpoint. And let me make this last point. If you go back and look at the Bulls team in 91 that won the championship, they were more, we, we beat more teams with more Hall of Famers than in any other era. So you also have to take that into account as well, even though the numbers from this era look better than the numbers of the 90s era. Great stuff. Will Purdue, NBC Sports in Chicago, won four NBA titles. Will, thanks for the time, and uh, stay safe during the pandemic. All right, you too. Thanks, Jason. All right, we will wrap up the show here on Fox Sports Radio after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So funny, guys. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Will Kane, uh, not Will Kane, Will Purdue. Yeah. Will Purdue, when I asked about eras, the super team versus the 90s, the watered-down 90s. Will Purdue goes, well, you know, we played against more Hall of Famers than anybody. Well, obviously you did. It was in the 90s. All the guys LeBron's playing, they can't, they're not eligible for the Hall of Fame. Come on, Will Purdue.
He was a good guest, though. Good stuff. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. GEICO.com, easy. Coming up next, Hartman and LeVar Arrington. Arrington, former Penn State linebacker. Maybe Arrington could touch on the uh, Christian Hackenberg stuff. Man, I was so wrong about Hackenberg going to my Jets. NFL draft is Thursday. You know, we were going to do some, do, do a, excuse me, four fun mock draft, but it just ran out of time. Um, the draft will be good. So next Thursday is the draft, and Friday is second and third round, and then Saturday, while we're on air, which is going to be awesome, um, is all the rest of it. So we next, we'll be heavy draft next weekend. Uh, I I don't know what the schedule is for the last dance. Sam, do you have it? Uh, so Sunday, I, I've seen it. So yeah, it's every Sunday. Uh, there's going to be two episodes on this Sunday, and then next Sunday they'll have the next two. And I oh. believe it'll keep going like that. Okay, sounds promising. Um, it's late in the show. I can probably say this. I know that it's a tough time. Out there for a lot of people, guys. A lot of people. But some of the stories about the depression and suicide, man, that stuff is really just super sad to read. Stay strong, guys. I mean, you have to. Come on. We've all got to. Like, this is this is going to pass, right? It'll probably be done by Yeah, what? but it's hard for a lot of people that deal with anxiety and depression because you're being isolated. So we've taken calls, and we've heard that from a lot of people. So yeah, just no. the being alone I is can't tough. imagine being solo now. For six weeks, like, like yesterday, um, a bunch of the teachers were going to drive around and the kids would stand in the street and wave to them. So that was good. But of course, what happens afterward, all the parents want to just hang out. So the parents start like boozing it up. They're spacing out. And I dropped by. I was like, man, if the cops roll up, we're all getting tickets. I mean, we're spaced out and talking and kids are playing games, but people were just so happy. Yeah. To like see other people and talk. The faces were, I mean, playing music and it was like. This is awesome. This is like the best day I've had in like 40 days. <laughs> Guys, stay safe. Be smart. Download the podcast. Thanks to everybody here at Fox who produced the show. I will see you guys next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 